Well, last week I had the privilege of sharing the victory celebration of my brother-in-law. James left this world after 68 years and literally ran into the presence of Jesus. Last week also, J.I. Packer, a hero of the Christian faith, left this world after 93 years and ran into the presence of Jesus. Last year I had picked up Dr. Packer's most famous book entitled Knowing God. And in that book, he said, and I quote, there's a difference between knowing God and knowing about God. When you truly know God, you have energy to serve Him, boldness to share Him, and contentment in Him. He went on to say, there is no peace like the peace of those whose minds are possessed with full assurance that they have known God and that God has known them, and that this relationship guarantees God's favor to them in life, through death, and on forevermore. J.I. Packer now knows the reality, as does my brother-in-law, of that belief. Uh, They modeled how to walk with God in the light of His presence. Being loved and cared for in good times is a really good thing. But being loved and cared for through tough times is just incredible. And those are the kinds of days that we're living in today. Uh, At some point, we all are going to face life and death situations. And the only way to run into the presence of God, the Father, at the transition time called death is to walk with Him in the light of His presence while we live here on this earth. And we certainly have an opportunity to do that today. We're living in tough times. I think you would agree with that. Some people are saying that we're all in the same boat. But that's not right. We're not all in the same boat. We're all in the same water, but we're not all in the same boat. Uh, Walking through life without knowing God is walking in darkness. And that is one boat that many people are living in. Walking in life knowing God is walking in the light of life. And there's a big difference in the two. And my prayer for us today is that all of us will enter into that position in life where we're walking in the light of life with God, hand in hand with Him. Psalm 56 shows us how to walk in the light of life in all of our circumstances. So I'm going to read the psalm, and you follow along with me as I read. The superscript says, To the choir master, according to the dove of far-off Timbris, a mitcom of David, when the Philistines seized him in Gath. Verse 1, Be gracious to me, O God, for man tramples on me. All day long an attacker oppresses me. My enemies trample on me all day long, for many attack me proudly. When I am afraid, I put my trust in you, in God, whose word I praise, in God I trust. I shall not be afraid. What can flesh do to me? All day long they they injure my cause. All their thoughts are against me for evil. They stir up strife, they lurk, they watch my steps as they have waited for for my life. For their crime will they escape, 
in wrath. Cast down the peoples, O God. You have kept count of my tossings. Put my tears in your bottle. Are they not in your book? Then my enemy will turn back in the day when I call. This I know, that God is for me. In God, whose word I praise, in the Lord, whose word I praise, in God I trust. I shall not be afraid. What can man do to me? I must perform my vows to you, O God. I will render thank offerings to you. For you have delivered my soul from death, yes, my feet from falling, that I may walk before God in the light of life. And may God add his blessings to the reading of his word. So today, we want to look at five ways to walk in the light. So let's just look at them. First of all, the first one is to walk in light through troubles. We see this in verses 1 and 2 of Psalm 56. David knew that he was in trouble. And when he was under fierce physical attack, David called on God's grace to sustain him. The backstory to this psalm is 1 Samuel chapter 21, verses 10 through 15, we're told in the superscript. And David's life was being threatened at this particular time. His friends had betrayed him. His king that he loved so dearly, King Saul, had uh, turned against him and was chasing after him to kill him. And so David fled to Gath. He fled to the land of the Philistines in order to get away from those who were betraying him. He cried out to God. And when he cried out to God, his cry was very, very specific. He called on God to be gracious to him. Many things may be threatening you today, may be attacking you today. Uh, things like the threat of the loss of jobs or maybe losing a loved one, maybe relational hurts, maybe even just feeling disconnected or isolated or depressed during this COVID-19 pandemic. Engaging in the fight for justice or racial reconciliation may uh, cause trouble in your life if you take a stand in those issues. These feelings that we're all experiencing today are real. Just as David was, feeling, was dealing with real feelings, we today are dealing with real feelings. And it's important to know what to do in the shadow of these kinds of, of troubles. Look at what David did. In verses 1 and 2, he cried out to God. He said, Be gracious to me, O God, for man tramples on me. All day long an attacker oppresses me. My enemies trample on me all day long, for many attack me proudly. Grace is God giving us better than we deserve. And that's what David was crying out for to God. He said, God, be gracious to me. Now, at this point in David's life, he was a very young man. He had not yet ascended to the throne as king of Israel. Saul was still reigning as king. And so David set some examples for us in this psalm that are relevant to our lives, no matter what our age, are, our age is, especially if, if we're young people. I want you to look at what David did 
as he cried out to God for God to be gracious to him in his greatest time of trouble. There have been times in my life when I have experienced this. In fact, there have been times when I brought trouble on myself. And even though I brought trouble on myself, I cried out to God for him to be gracious to me in dealing with the situation that I had created for myself. So I want to challenge you today to learn, if you haven't already learned that, to learn to cry out to God in your life, no matter what the situation is, no matter what your age may be. And it will pay off in great dividends. J.I. Packer, again, that great uh, giant in the faith who passed away last week, said, and I quote, Adoption is the highest privilege of the gospel. To be right with God the judge is a great thing, but to be loved and cared for by God the Father is even greater. I hope you're aware that the greatest position that you can be involved in in life, engaged in in life, is the position of being loved by God, being held in the strong arms of God. And that's what David was crying out for at this particular time in his life. What better time than this for you and I to run to God and cry for grace, cry for him to be gracious to us so we can walk in the light of his presence during these trying times that we live today. In what areas of your life are you facing trouble today? Whatever areas those may be, I encourage you to cry out to God for His graciousness in that position that you're in in your life. A second way to walk in the light is to walk in the light through trust in God. David reveals this to us in verses 3 and 4. His, his trust in God is clearly, clearly demonstrated here. David expressed his humanity. He he was afraid, and fear is a natural emotion. I hope you understand that fearfulness and faith can coexist together at the same time in us. They did in David. Faith is not just some vague sense that God is going to work things out. It comes, as David set the example here, from prayerful immersion in Scripture, in the Word of God. Look at verse 3. He said, when I'm afraid, I put my trust in you, in God whose Word I praise, in God I trust. I shall not be afraid. What can flesh do to me? See, there's no substitute to knowing the Word of God. David called on the Word of God to bless him in his greatest time of need. For you and me today, there's absolutely no excuse for us not living in God's Word. In North America, God's Word is so prevalent. It's so easy to access. Not only can we access it through the printed Word that we call the Bible, but we have the Bible on our cell phones, on our apps, on our cell phones. I mean, anywhere we are almost, in any condition, we can draw from the Word of God. And I want to challenge you today to make God's Word a natural, normal part of your life. 
If you write down on a sheet of paper, if you're taking notes, write down the word H-E-A-R in a vertical line, H-E-A-R. The H stands for hearing the Word of God. And there are many ways, as I said, that we can hear the Word of God. You can hear it by reading it. And by the way, if you're reading with me through the Bible this year, we're way over halfway through reading through the Bible. But sometimes reading through the Bible with large quantities of Scripture like we're doing, we run the risk of not hearing what God is saying through His Word just by reading words on a piece of paper. Don't do that. When you read God's Word, listen to His voice. You can hear His voice speaking to you most clearly as you read or listen to someone preach or, uh, or, or, or follow someone's teaching uh, through hearing the Word of God. The E stands for examine. When you hear the Word of God, then you want to examine it. You want to look deeper into it and see what it really says so you can understand what it really means. So we hear the Word, then we examine it. Uh, The A stands for applying it. It doesn't do us any good to hear the Word or examine the Word if we're not going to apply it to our life. And so very practically, now is the greatest time in history for you and I to apply God's truth, God's Word, to our lives. And then the R comes by, uh, reminds us to remember the Word of God. And if we hear the Word and examine the Word and apply it to our life, like David, when the time of stress comes, when the time of trouble comes, we're going to be able to remember it, and it's going to be medicine to our soul. Are you aware that It's so important how you start every day and how you finish every day to the degree of your soul health in life. If you start every day by just reading a few verses of Scripture and then end each day by reading a few verses of Scripture, it can change your whole health attitude about your soul, which will affect how you act in life. I want to challenge you to join me in doing that if you're not already doing that. And I'm not talking about doing uh, volumes of Scripture reading. I'm talking about just taking one or two minutes at the beginning of the day and start with a Scripture passage that you're going to be consistent and read through. For example, you might want to just take the book of John, or you might want to take the book of, uh, of Philippians, or you might want to take the little book of 1 John, and just start by reading Uh, at, at the beginning of a chapter and just read a verse or two and keep reading until God speaks to you. And when God speaks to you, stop. And then you want to uh, examine that and say, God, what are, you, what are you wanting to say to me? What are you, what are you trying to get me to, to remember? What are you trying to get me to do with this particular passage of Scripture? And then go on with your day. And at the end of the day, come back to that same passage of Scripture and say, read it again. And listen to God speaking to you. And look back through your life that day and see how God has guided you with His Word in that particular day. There's no substitute in life for reading God's Word and applying God's Word to your life, living in God's Word. So I want to challenge you, if you haven't already started doing that, Uh, Start that today. David cried out at the end of verse 4, though, something very, very special. After After he called on God's Word to be a blessing in his life, he said, what can flesh do to me? What can flesh do to me? 
Now that's a very relevant question to us today. Jesus answered that question in Matthew chapter 10 and verse 28 when he said, And do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather fear him who can destroy both, body, both soul and body in hell. So Jesus taught us what to fear and what not to fear. And the point here is that there's nothing that flesh can do to us that we should fear. We should only fear that which will destroy our very soul. Remember this. When you feed your faith, your fear will starve to death. I hope you're aware of that. We can and should cry out to God for deliverance like David did, whether from wicked people or stubborn diseases. But in the end, we're going to be safe. And it's going to be in our very best interest to know that whatever we're going through, we're walking through it in the light of God, in the light of Jesus. David expressed that flesh was powerless to defeat the purposes of God. And that's true for you and me as well. He says, what can flesh do to me? God's purposes cannot be defeated by things of the flesh. Not even disease, not even enemies who come against us. The third way to walk in the light is to walk in the light through trials. Walk in the light through trials. David acknowledged his trials. In, in verses 5 and 6, he comes back from where he left off in verse 1. In verse 5, he says, All day long they injure my cause. All their thoughts are against me for evil. They stir up strife. They lurk. They watch my steps as they have waited for my life. David's enemies were twisting his words and they were slandering him. Physical enemies were attacking him as enemies were also attacking his character in every possible way. They were trying to tear David down. It was exhausting for him. Over the past six or seven weeks, enemies have been attacking our way of life. I'm sure that's been true for you as it's been true for me. And when under attack, change can always um, create within us an extra sense of challenge. Uh, this season is filled with change for everyone in, the, in families. Parents who usually work away in the office often now are doing much of our work at home. Kids may be, kids may be uh, doing school from home or either, either may be fearing the fact that when school starts back in a month or so, they'll have to again be doing school from home. We may not be doing activities like we've always done them. People we normally hang out with may not be around us as regularly as they used to be. And this is causing stress. This may be unsettling for us. For example, a, a child may be going through an epic meltdown. And it isn't until both the child and you as the parent are just completely worn out that you hear the child whisper, I just miss my friends. 
And that may not be true just for children. That may be just as true for those of us who are adults. Follow David's example. Let your cry be heard by God. Acknowledge the reality of your situation out loud. Communicate what you know and what you don't know. Communicate updated information out loud about what's going on in our current environment. Share your concerns with God and share your concerns with maybe someone in your small group, in your bridge group, who is close to you. Identify losses such as grief. Share your feelings rather than, like we talked about last week, stuffing them. See, feelings are meant to be felt. That's why they're called feelings. So David sets a great example for us in expressing his feelings. He shared them with God, and I recommend that you do that. But I also recommend that you share them with a trusted friend. Why does God allow trials anyway? Well, I believe God, one of the reasons God uh, allows trials to happen to us is so we will be drawn closer and closer and closer to the understanding of our need for Him. It seems like when things are going great, when we have no pressure, when we have no problems, many times that's when it's even more difficult for us to really be close to God and really walk in close fellowship with Him. But during those trials, just like David was experiencing, we cry out to God because we desperately need Him. We were not made to live this life apart from God. David walked through his trials by acknowledging them. And we must follow this example of David. A fourth way to walk in the light is to walk in the light in triumph. We see this in verses 7 through 9. David claims triumph by knowing that God knows and God cares about his situation. Look at verse 7. For their crime will they escape in wrath? Cast down the peoples, O God. David was pleading with God, wasn't he? He was pleading with God not to waste his restlessness and his tears caused by enemies who were coming after him to destroy him. He trusted God to settle the score. God has such detailed, tender care for us, just as He did for David, that He keeps record of every tear that we shed, of every sleepless uh, night that we spend tossing and turning in our bed. Uh, look at verse 8. You have kept count of my tossings. Put my tears in your bottle. Are they not in your book? Then my enemies will turn back in the day when I call. This I know that God is for me. David was sure of this. He was sure that God's hand of anointing had been placed upon him. And he was sure that God was for him. I trust that you are sure also that God is for you. Because he is 
The Apostle Paul asked that same question in Romans chapter 8. In Romans chapter 8 and verse 31, he said, If God is for us, who can be against us? And then in verse 32, he gives one of the most beautiful pictures that you could ever identify with in life. In Romans 8, 32, Paul writes, He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Do you see it? God loves you and me so much. He loves the whole world so much that he came here to live on this earth. He became one of us. His name is Jesus. And he gave his life as a sacrifice for your sin and my sin to demonstrate for us how much he truly loves and cares for us. What can man do to me? With that kind of love that God wants to demonstrate for you and me, how could we ever question the fact that God will carry us through every trial? He may not remove every trial. In fact, He won't remove every trial. But He will carry us through every trial with the same kind of love and the same kind of care that caused Him to become one of us and die for our sins. Oh, please. Please don't let today go by without getting in the boat of putting your trust in God because He cares for you. We overcome our fears by look, looking not only at what is written in God's Word, the Bible, and we can trust in God's Word, the Bible, but we also have the living Word of God, Jesus Christ, to be our Savior and to be our friend who will walk with us and carry us through every trial that we face in life. Won't you put your trust in God today through Jesus if you've not already done that? Every test you have, every tear that you've cried, every sleepless, restless night that you've spent tossing and turning is written down in God's book because He cares for you. David was experiencing this kind of trauma. He was experiencing people coming after him to take his life. And his actions give us a great example to follow. David claimed victory in the middle of seeming defeat. And here's what he did to claim the victory. And you might want to follow the same pattern as enemies come against you, whether physical or maybe by way of disease come after you. He was attentive to his present reality. He owned where he was. He expressed his pain and his feelings. He cried out to God for God's graciousness. He didn't try to fix the problem on his own. He turned to God. He admitted that what his friends were doing to him, his enemies, he admitted that it hurt him deeply. And he expressed that hurt, that pain. And he acknowledged the fact that God was for him. He put his trust in God. Remember, we said this last week, but it's okay not to be okay. 
But also remember that God is with you. When you put your life in his hands, when you trust in him, he's with you and he cares for you. The fifth and final way to walk in light from this psalm is to walk in light with thanksgiving. Walk in light with thanksgiving. We see this in verses 10 through 13. In verse 10, In God whose word I praise, in the Lord whose word I praise, in God I trust. I shall not be afraid. What can man do to me? I must perform my vows to you, O God. I will render thank offerings to you, for you have delivered my soul from death. Yes, my feet from falling, that I may walk before God in the light of life. Walk in the light with thanksgiving. What does David do? He begins again to preach to himself. (laughs) He said, I'm putting my trust in God. I'm walking in the truth of God's word. And I won't be moved. He was in the clutches of enemy attacks. And in the midst of being attacked, he worshiped God. He remembered his vow to trust God in all of his circumstances. Have you made that vow to God that you're going to trust in him regardless of your circumstances? I will trust in God in every circumstance. And then he sang his thank offering to God. He sang to God a beautiful song of affirmation of his faith in God. He gave his thank offering to God. So his trust in God and his faithful dependence on God's word made his life unshakable. And that can be true for you and me today as well. David experienced true, abundant life, walking in the light of life. Do you see the end of that last verse? Walking in the light of life, even in the most devastating circumstances. He planted his feet in God's boat, and he said, I'm going to walk in the light of life. He asked the question again that he had asked back in verse 1 and 2. He said, what can flesh do to me in verse 1 and 2? But then in this last verse, he says, what can man do to me? David knew that if God was for him, nothing, nothing could be against him. Nothing could defeat him. In 1 John chapter 1, verses 5 through 7, The Apostle John writes, This is the message we have heard from him and proclaim to you, that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. See, the difference in living life in the boat of darkness and living light in the boat with God, the boat of light, is whether or not you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ 
and let him cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Let him cleanse you from your sin. And here's how this works. It works by, first of all, you admitting that you need God. Understanding that he's not part of your life and you need him. Claiming the fact that you are in a boat of darkness. But you hear God calling you to himself. And so you listen to him and you believe that Jesus did come to this earth and live as a man and die on a cross And his precious blood, his cleansing blood, wants to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. And you say, God, I commit my life to you. I repent of my sin and I commit my life to you. And you, at that moment, are moved from being in the boat of darkness to being in the boat of light. And that's where God wants you to live today. I encourage you to join in running to Jesus. Chris Rice wrote a little song a few years ago. It's actually titled the Untitled Song, but the words are so relevant to this psalm. Here are the lyrics. He says, when weak and wounded sinner, lost and left to die, oh, raise your head for love is passing by. Come to Jesus, come to Jesus, come to Jesus and live. Now your burden's lifted and carried far away, and precious blood has washed away the stain. So sing to Jesus, sing to Jesus, sing to Jesus and live. And like a newborn baby, don't be afraid to crawl. And remember when you walk, sometimes we fall. So fall on Jesus, fall on Jesus, fall on Jesus and live. Sometimes the way is lonely and steep and filled with pain. So if your sky is dark and pours the rain, then cry to Jesus, cry to Jesus, cry to Jesus and live. Oh, and when the love spills over and music fills the the night, and when you can't contain your joy inside, then dance for Jesus, dance for Jesus. Dance for Jesus and live. For with your final heartbeat, kiss this world goodbye. Then go in peace and laugh on glory's side. And fly to Jesus. Fly to Jesus. Fly to Jesus and live. That's exactly what I hear David crying in the midst of this psalm. And so I challenge you today to run to Jesus so you can walk with God in the light of life. Oh, there's so many ways we could apply this psalm to our lives today. I'm sure you can tell that, that my heart today is hurting. It's hurting for many of you who are suffering through this pandemic. Just before coming to preach this message today, Uh, one of my young men that I've been meeting with for a number of years reached out to me and said, you know, I've been in the hospital. I'm recovering from COVID-19. It's a very hard time for me in life. And I know many of you are there today as well, maybe for many different kinds of circumstances. But by way of application, I just want to share three things with you to take with you as you walk through this week with this psalm ringing in your mind. First of all, 
call on God for your deliverance by walking in the light. If you've never done that, call on Him. He's reaching out to you right now, so call on Him. And if you have reached out to Him before, continue to do that because He's there to deliver us. Secondly, trust that God will rescue you from every distress that you have while walking in the light. Trust that God will rescue you from distress while walking in the light. You don't have to carry your burden alone. God wants to come alongside you and pour out His graciousness upon you. And finally, have contentment and peace in the face of overwhelming troubles by walking in the light. When you truly know God, you have energy to serve Him, boldness to share Him, and contentment in Him. I close with this life story. 35 years ago, my wife shared a Bible with her sister-in-law. Tracy lived in Columbia. Gail lived here in Myrtle Beach. But when they first started reading the Bible together and talking about it over the telephone, Tracy started asking some really good questions. One question I remember her asking was, what does this mean that if your right hand offends you, cut it off? <laughs> well, that was the beginning of her journey in God's Word. But after 35 years, Tracy has grown to love God's Word. It's never paid off more in her life than it has in the past month. It's been the hardest month of her life. And yet God's Word has sustained her every step of the way with her growing faith in God as it has even grown deeper through the tragedy of losing her husband over this past month. Her testimony through her Facebook post, and if you haven't seen them, I encourage you to look up Tracy Fowler and look at the Facebook post that she has put there over the last month. They demonstrate the fact that she has drawn closer and closer and closer to her faith in Jesus, her trust in Jesus through this time. And many people have also even come to faith in Jesus by watching her faith. Oh, how I pray that that would be true for you and me every day of our life as well. So do you know Him today? You can't trust Him until you know Him. And I encourage you not to let another day, not, not, not to let another moment go by without putting your trust in God and walking the rest of your life in the light of His presence. God, today, I thank you for the truth of your word. I thank you that you demonstrate to us in every possible way how much you love us, how much you care for us. And, oh, God, how I pray today that, that we will learn to put our trust in you in a deeper way than perhaps we ever have before in our life. 
God, thank you for making yourself so available to us. And now, God, we continue to just surrender our life to you. Help this day today to be a day of great worship as we celebrate the king of our heart, as we celebrate the relationship that we can have with you through Jesus Christ, our Lord. In Jesus' name we pray now and continue to worship throughout this day. Amen.